9 o'clock. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jim Davis, along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It is a wine about a Wednesday with towel and wine. Gripes, complaints, outrages. Send that to us today on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. Text or phone call 970-242-1340. This hour is brought to you by Preston Lee, a country financially believes in building relationships, supporting the community and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. All right, Cody Rourke, My Life Sports Radio, coming up a little bit. We'll talk about uh, Draymond Jones not getting the tag yesterday. Also, Av's voice, Connor McGahee, will join us. But uh, we want to hear your gripes and complaints today on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Well, why don't you cry about it? All right, before we go around the NFL, Mike joins us this morning on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing well today, Mike. Good, me too. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to be on the air. <laughs> uh, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson has certainly been in the news a lot lately due to contract negotiations. He's an excellent NFL quarterback, but is he at the level of Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers yet? And if not, do you guys think he will be in the future? All right. Anything else, Mike? That's it for me today. Okay, Mike. Very good. Always great to hear from you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, he is absolutely not at the level of Patrick Mahomes. No, they were close. Even though he has an MVP to his credit, but he's not. But He he's, doesn't have any ring. He doesn't have any jewelry. No. you know, Not, not and, like uh, Mahomes does. And maybe right now, today, waking up, rolling out of bed, he might be a little better than Aaron Rodgers. Mainly because... He's improved as a passer. But his I don't know best if he's, day is still to come, maybe. Perhaps. Rodgers' still, definitely best days are behind. Exactly. They're, they're still... Room for improvement for mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. There's still that opportunity for him to improve as a as a throwing quarterback. Yeah, he has made some strides in that area, and so yeah, I yeah, there's definitely the potential to get to where Aaron Rodgers has been, but he's not he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's no. never close to Patrick Mahomes. Not at all. Not even at all. All right. So yeah, I think the, the there. Hopefully, Mike, that answers your question today mm-hmm. about about uh, Lamar Jackson, who did get the non-exclusive franchise tag placed on him by Baltimore yesterday. So it is time to go. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. Well, let's we'll start out with the NFL first today, not the Broncos. Because yesterday, Lamar Jackson, as we mentioned, had the non-exclusive franchise tag placed on him. And um, there's a piece today in Pro Football Talk, the Lamar Jackson unprovable collusion has started quickly that the NFL and its teams collude all the time about various issues that they they do work in concert together. Mm -hmm. This is a piece from Mike Florio, by the way. When it comes to Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, there will never be direct evidence of an agreement among teams on a directive from 345 Park Avenue to avoid at all costs giving Jackson a fully guaranteed contract. There is circumstantial evidence, though, according to Florio. Because the thought is, why didn't other teams show an interest in him, right? Yeah. When they tried to trade for him. Nope, there was, nope, nobody even made a move yesterday. And I think what Florio is saying, and I caught a little bit of him and Chris Sims' slap fight about it, was 
they they placed the tag on Lamar Jackson. It was not is the non-exclusive, so anybody can call and talk to him. And three teams, and two, including two teams that are in the quarterback market, and just last week said both Frank Reich and uh, Alex Fontenot, I think it is for the Falcons. Right. Both said all options are on the table. Immediately came out with, nope, we're not in on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they. they That's quickly, a little hinky. That the Falcons told that said that to ESPN. Panthers reported that to the Athletic. Mm-hmm. Dolphins also indicated to ESPN that they would not go after Jackson. Now, last year, there are a lot of teams that, that had an interest in Lamar Jackson. I mean, sorry, there were a lot of teams in, excuse me, not, not Lamar Jackson, but on Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. There, remember how many teams were interested? There, there were up to 20, 20 lawsuits against him, but there were still teams, not just the Browns, but a lot of other teams that had an, a strong interest in Deshaun Watson before ultimately the Browns made the deal with the Texans to get to Sean Watson. Yeah. So last year you had, you had that situation where he had all those allegations against him, all those lawsuits pending against him. And those two teams, those two specifically, like you mentioned, were in on Deshaun Watson. What's the, what's the knock character wise against Lamar Jackson? He doesn't have an agent. Is that even a character knock? His mom, essentially. His mom is his agent. His his representative. So, Deshaun Watson's character knock is he cannot keep his hands off women who tell him no to the tune of over two dozen. And Lamar Jackson's character knock is he really, really trusts his mom. Are you like for real? Exactly. That's really what it it looks like, and it what it comes down to. And these but, teams are like handsy. Uh, a predator? Yeah, but, sure. But you know what, hap- what happened? Guaranteed money. Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed contract. <laughs> and everybody else went, oh, Browns, what what, what are you doing? What are you doing here? That's and, the and, usual off-season question. And what the hell are the Browns <laughs> what, what, are they, what are they doing? And so in the case of Lamar Jackson, who has won an MVP, mm-hmm. who has, I think, every right to ask for a fully guaranteed contract and, and expect that, considering... We'll show the Deshaun Watson. Yeah, exactly. And it's crickets when it comes to anybody having an interest in Lamar Jackson. I don't know if, Although, there's, I don't I, know if there's collusion, but sometimes there's the unintentional collusion collusion, mm-hmm. or, well, the... we The unofficial? Yeah, the... Yeah, the it's... Back-channeled, yeah. backdoored. It's a wink and a nudge in an alley in Indianapolis, you know? And I, on the Ravens side, I think they're playing it smartly. This Because you, you, you can go into a room and battle with an agent and tell the agent things that they didn't like about Lamar Jackson's performance. You can do it in a room with Lamar and Mrs. Lamar. Mrs. Jackson, his mom. But it's a little harder, and it's a little more awkward, and the agent's not going to hold necessarily hard feelings like the player and maybe his mom would, right? Right. So I think the Ravens are kind of doing this smartly, and outside of stealing an NFL franchise, that's kind of the only thing I think the Ravens have done smartly, is make other teams negotiate, right? Put the non-exclusive tag on them, which means... This is what we're going to pay you if you don't get an offer. And then make other teams 
negotiate right. with him and exactly. set the market. Right. And so now you can come back and be like, we're going to pay that? We're not going to pay that. And we're not going to pay that, but we're going to get two first-round picks. Make other teams do it. Exactly. Do you and, you've, do and you've got time. Now you tag on him. You've got time to maybe get a, get a deal done moving forward. Right. It gives you wiggle room to work with. Plus, you can see what, what mm-hmm. if, if it's not going to ultimately work out, mm-hmm. what interested parties are willing to offer you for him. And if somebody is going to come up with every dollar guaranteed and you don't want to do that because they don't, then you'd be like, all right, we'll take your first rounder this year, your first rounder next year. And we'll just, Tyler Huntley was a pro bowler, air quote. Right. You know, so we'll, we'll go ahead and do that. You know, we won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, then we got an MVP to replace him. Well, I won a Super Bowl Trent Dilfer. That is also true. <laughs> you know, so there's this thinking in Baltimore, right, where you can just be like, all right, what's the market going to be? And then you can see the offer sheet and you match it or not. And if nobody gives him an offer sheet, he's on the tag this year. And you can get him on the tag next year. Yes, right. it jacks up his salary price, but... But it gives you time to decide what, what your future is going to be without yeah. him. If it's ultimately that's what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And what assets you can get back in return. If he's asking for 50-some-odd million guaranteed for the next five years each year, and you don't want to pay that, but the tag is a little less than that the next two years, I think on average maybe it's 48, the Ravens can do that. You know, they can just keep tagging. And then it jumps like because it's 20% higher than for the uh, second tag, and the third tag is 44% on the 20%. So... Then you might as well just sign him to the fifty million dollars guarantee because then you're looking at like sixty. And if Patrick Mahomes isn't getting it, I'm not giving it to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, franchise tag for quarterback this year's thirty two thousand or thirty two million. Excuse me. They wish Woo. the NFL owners wish it was sign me up. NFL NFL yeah. NFL, NFL teams wish it was thirty two thousand thirty two million four hundred sixteen thousand. And so that's mm-hmm. that that's what you're you're paying in terms of the the franchise tag. This season, so you tag him next year. It's twenty percent higher, which is what thirty eight, thirty nine, something like that. Yeah, you know, and then forty four percent on top of that, which is a significant bump. That's almost fifty, but you're still under what you would pay him guaranteed to sign him to that long term deal, and you go with a non exclusive tag to let somebody else set the market. If he goes out there and he gets, you know, an offer. Most of his offers are what three, four, five years for, say, one hundred and eighty million dollars or whatever. I'm just throwing numbers out there. And one hundred and ten is guaranteed in this signing bonus. The Ravens, Ravens can look at each of these and be like, mm, no. Twenty twenty four no. goes to forty point eight million on the tag. That's, that's still less than. Kind of yeah. the market, yeah. right? That Deshaun Watson set. Absolutely. So you're you're the Ravens. You play you played this smart. Yeah. You franchise tagged him. You hope you can get something worked out long term that it's going to be in terms of guaranteed mm-hmm. money you're comfortable with. Or you see what teams are going to offer you for him. And Lamar Jackson, he's playing a game of chicken where he's the only person on the tracks. Exactly. He's just coming at himself. He didn't sign the deal last year, so he played for less money. And got hurt, and now he's going out, and he's... Maybe that's why having mom as your rep, as your agent, mm-hmm. maybe isn't the best way to go. 
as quarterback, I don't think it is at all. No. Other positions, um, yeah, whatever. You know, but man, if you're going to be the next guy, right, to set the market for quarterbacks, man, you need an agent. And what 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 are you saving? 2% of your contract? It pays to have somebody representing you that knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Not say that the Lamar's mom doesn't know anything or I I just think that when you're when you're dealing with something like this, when you deal with millions of dollars, yeah. you want somebody that's done this. The the, the Drew Ro, you know, Drew Rose Rosen House, those baseball those guys, Scott Boris. Exactly. You want guys that know the ins and outs of negotiating a deal. Mm-hmm. And they know how to play hardball. And, and you know they, you want a guy that can handle business. Because it's like the arbitration hearings in baseball. When you sit in a room with the team who you've played for and you've busted your ass for blood, sweat, tears, surgeries, the whole thing, and, and they come back and say... you expect them to compensate yeah. you fairly. And they come back and say, well, your whip was a little higher than what we wanted it to, so we're, we don't think you're really worth the money you're worth. To hear them say that out loud, it's like, damn. And it, the players and take it, it personally. And they it do. hurts. And it pisses them off. And so... For Lamar Jackson to have that to where his mom, I don't know if she can compartmentalize the business aspect of representing her son. Over the emotional Over the emotion of these guys are not offering my baby what we think he's worth. That's hard. Because you also need somebody to tell you the hard truth. Yeah. You need somebody to go, look, Lamar, what they're saying, I know you don't like hearing this. Mm Mm-hmm. What they're saying is kind of true here, right? I mean, we we don't have a lot to work with in terms of of they're wrong about this particular aspect mm-hmm. of last season or whatever. And so let's let's come up with a number you're comfortable with that's going to also they're right. going to be comfortable with as well. Sometimes you need to hear the hard truth that yeah, as much as I, I look, I'm your guy. Mm-hmm. You need me to tell you the truth, and the truth is. They're right about that, and they, they have a better position to work with right now. What can we do here? How can we manage this where you get close to what you feel like is fair compensation? Right. And I think the agent's baseline number is a little lower, if not significantly lower, than what Lamar would ask for on his own. Absolutely. And then the agent with the art of negotiation can get to or above that number. And I don't know if they, people want to come to Lamar's number. Ravens don't really want to do no. it. They're going to make someone else do it. But last year, Deshaun Watson gave him the fully guaranteed deal. Scared everybody off mm-hmm. for Lamar Jackson. It was the worst possible thing that could have happened to Lamar Jackson in terms of what you know with what, with what Watson got. And other people like, hey, well, look, now the bar's been set. Isn't that great? Fully guaranteed and blah, yeah. blah, blah. No, because what it did was everybody's going, well, I'm, we're not going to pay that. That's outrageous. We're not going to pay a fully guaranteed contract to anybody from this point in time. We're going to tr- certainly try to avoid it. Another quarterback that that's out there with an uncertain future is one Aaron Rodgers. The Jets sent a, a contingent out to meet uh, with Aaron Rodgers out to California to discuss a possible trade for Rodgers. Uh, Kimberly Martin of ESPN reports the Jets group expected to fly home this morning after spending the afternoon and evening with Rodgers. Hopefully with lights on and not the uh, the darkness the retreat. Darkness re- I love how they said it was the owner, the GM, uh, Robert Sala, the head coach, and other assistants. Like it's not Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> Rodgers! Yeah. Like it might this be. This guy double check! 
it might be like the secondary coach or something. You know. Well, now, well, they're more definitive in this piece on it because it is it was owner Woody Johnson, general yep. manager Joe Douglas, head coach Robert Sala, and offensive coordinator oh, Nathaniel Hackett. I'm shocked. It was a getting-to-know-you session. That was the immediate focus of the meeting. So we're going to bring a guy you know. And so uh, apparently, the uh, according to Rob Domofsky, who covers the uh, the Packers for ESPN, that uh, that flight has arrived back in Green Bay, by the way, after meeting with Aaron Rodgers. All right, so some Broncos talk here as we go around the NFL. The uh, NFL franchise tag deadline, of course, passed yesterday, 2 o'clock. You and I both thought that the Broncos wouldn't tag Draymond Jones. They didn't. And according to uh, Nine News unofficial Broncos mouthpiece Mike Kliss, if the Broncos had tagged Jones, it would have cost the team somewhere between $18.94 million and $19.73 million for this season. As expected, this is a tweet from Kliss, as expected, Broncos did not place a franchise tag on Draymond Jones and would have been those numbers that I just referenced. So... Now the, now the situation is where the Broncos have a week of exclusive negotiating a window with Draymond Jones where they can exclusively negotiate with him to try to get a deal done before he goes out on the free agent market. And, and George Payton, Broncos GM, has said recently, we've had some good talks with Draymond and his agent, you know, we're, but they kind of fully expect him to, to go out into free agency and see what he's worth. Yeah, and... You know, I think they're handling it differently than the Ravens, right? But they have the window to maybe get something done with Draymond Jones. And that's a gamble. They're taking a risk. Yeah. But and apparently they feel very confident because they could have done the same thing as Lamar Jackson. Right. Set the non-exclusive tag or place the non-exclusive tag on him and let other teams set the market. They're not doing that. I, th- I feel that they feel more confident than what is out there right now that they're going to get, be able to resign him. Well, let's go back, though, to when Bradley Chubb got traded to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Who was really, really upset about that? That'd be one Draymond Jones. He tweeted out, I understand it's a business. We all get it. All in caps, by the way. We get asked to buy in and care about the organization we work play for, no matter the outcome of our situations. And this one hurts my heart like no other Game day won't feel the same without my G. Or about my C, excuse me, not my G. My C. Now, was that just an emotional response at that moment? Where where Jones enjoyed the relationship that he had with Bradley Chubb? And just obviously disappointed, upset that the Denver traded him. And has he got past that? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where he is now in terms of how he feels about the Broncos. But I get the feeling, because like with Justin Simmons, you always felt like he was probably going to sign with the Broncos. Yeah. That that, that deal was going to get done. That there wasn't the the animosity there. There was still, a, the relationship was really good, and that was probably going to happen. You don't get that feeling about this with Draymond Jones. That he felt let down, disappointed, that the Broncos traded Bradley Chubb. Which, going back to the first part of his tweet, okay, well then you, you shouldn't get so upset because if you understand it's that's how the business works, mm-hmm. then why are you upset about 
how the business works. And I this, mean, that's that's just how it is. This is where the agent comes into play, right? Where it's, dude, I get it. You're upset. You are, you're upset of how they traded one of your friends away. He works in a different place now. That doesn't mean you're not still friends. And they're still willing to do right by you. You need to look at this offer. Look right? at this as a business situation, not mm-hmm. an emotional, personal reaction to this. Right. We'll see. We're, we'll see how much if his agent has been able to to get him to kind of come around a little bit and go. Okay, yeah, I I, I understand. Don't like what they did, but I understand. I still want to be here, and I'm excited about the future with Sean Payton mm-hmm. and, and and everything. So one final non Broncos thing around the NFL: the XFL ratings have not been particularly good. They've been poor compared to 2.0 of XFL. That's putting it nicely. So what ESPN's trying to do now to to beef up the ratings, the ratings have not been disastrous or anything. They're just not nearly as good as they were the last time around. So they're going to move, ESPN is, from everything from Fox to ESPN, they're moving it to bigger platforms, the ESPN, ESPN2 off of FX, in a a hope that more people will find it, more people actually are, are more interested in the XFL Mm -hmm. then showing it on FX and that look you're not really going to go it's not if you happen to watch ESPN your sports fan XFL's on maybe you're going to watch it yeah you're not probably going to go hunt it down on FX to watch it kind of makes some sense yeah all right so coming up my life sports radio's Cody Rourke will join us this hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. We'll take a break. And on the other side, Mile High Sports Radio's Cody Rourke joins us on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the Team. Welcome back, 825. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. It's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. You need to get something off your chest today. Now's the day to do it. 970-242-1340. Cody Rourke unavailable today. We'll hopefully have Cody with us next week on the program. So uh, text or call 970-242-1340. Let's see. Let's get to the text line today on a wine about a Wednesday. 970-242-1340. See, from Timbo, another year of Tom Brady maybe retiring, maybe not, and Aaron Rodgers desperately trying to get attention. Looking forward to someday in the future where this isn't the off-season conversation. I, I'm with you, Timbo. I mean, with, with Rodgers, once again, it's... Who, who can stroke his ego, right? Yeah. Who can make him feel loved and wanted the way that he feels like he should. He doesn't feel the love, apparently, in Green Bay anymore. Which, I I give them credit for putting up with this crap the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of two sides of the same coin. You give them credit for putting up with this crap, but you also blame them for enabling this sort of thing. They helped to create it, I agree. You know, initially, and going back to Brett Favre. I mean, at some point, you know, you just 
you have to move on. Whether it's nail him down, put his feet to the fire, force him to show up or retire, or just move on. And I feel like that this is where this is now where they're at. Obviously, the the contingent going out from the Jets to meet with him is a clear indication, along with what Brian Gutekunst said recently, the the GM of the Packers, that they're ready to move on. And mm-hmm. fine, Jets, you want to go out and talk to him? Go talk to him. Right. And absolutely, you're Let's right. That what... was approved because if it's not, then they are shouting from the rooftops of the tallest building, which is only three stories in Green Bay, about tampering. Exactly. Right? And you didn't hear any of that yesterday. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And and so, yeah, I agree with you, Timbo. And then you got Tom Brady where, you know, once again, there was the report that he might come out of retirement again. Mm-hmm. But Brady tweeting, anyone who thinks I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two-month-old kitten for their daughter. So Tom is kitten-sitting. No time to be a quarterback in the league anymore. Send the kitten to the, the Giselle's house. Maybe her uh, yoga instructor Brazilian boyfriend will uh, yeah. help take care of the cat. Maybe that's what it was. Tom wasn't Brazilian enough. Yeah, I think it was. Tom I, was I, too football player. Yeah, I think that, that Tom, speaking of somebody that felt wanted to feel needed, and this is a situation where it's different than Rodgers, where right. if you're Giselle, you wanted to feel wanted and needed and mm-hmm. that's your priority, and, and he obviously didn't make her feel that way anymore when he... Pull a little switcheroo on her and decided to unretire. But look, there's got to be. We're not going to spend much time on this, breaking this down. But there had to be be something there. Got to be something more to it than just that. And for me, it's it's really part of the conversation. We don't know if she said you have to retire, and if you go back to playing football, I'm leaving. Then absolutely, one hundred percent, she's in the right. If he says, I'm thinking about going back to play football, and she says, do whatever you want to do to make you happy, and blah, 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 and she doesn't say that, Tommy, I'm out. my Tommy, do whatever you want to, Tommy. If she says, I'm out, if you play football, or if she doesn't say that. And he thinks, oh, she'll get over it, she'll be fine. And, you know, she's supporting me, whatever decision I make, that's what she said, right? Then that's that's on her. I don't know that part of the conversation. But also, so. there's the part of it, too, where she might say, do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But she made it very clear prior to that, she was ready for him to be done. Right. And so, it was a, sure, go do what you want to do with the, you know what I really want you to do, and you really should retire. Right. That's what I want you to do. And I know that's a thing, and I know that's real, but everybody's in that situation as a grown-up. Say what you need to say. Say it out loud. Don't say, okay, go ahead and do whatever you want, and then act differently when he does it. Which we need to be a grown-up. what she said, Exactly. That's what I mean. It's the the part of the conversation we don't know. But she had made it very clear, like I said, though, prior to that, Mm -hmm. what her feelings were about him playing. Right. She was ready for him to be done. She wanted him to retire. And she might have said that. And and look, and I get that when you say, do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And he goes and does it. You then need, you can't you need, get mad at me for doing what yeah. I want to do. Then then you need to go, okay, this is it. Mm-hmm. 
you're 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 done. I'm I'm not supporting you playing one more season. This is it. And if you decide you want to keep playing, then I I think we have a problem with our marriage, and I think it's it's time to reevaluate where we are. But, that you know that that yeah. did, that that didn't necessarily happen. I, I I think they probably did. They probably did some of that. Where if it was, he blows through a yellow or a red light from her, that's absolutely on Tom. If she gives him the green light, and then you know pulls him over for going through the red light to continue the analogy into the deathbed, then that's on her. Well, it, but I, it, we don't it, know it, that, it, so I don't really know. But what's he gonna do? He has to he has to realize because she. She didn't just tell the media in interviews about this. She she obviously talked to him, saying, "Look, I really want you to be through with this. Mm-hmm. I want I want it to be over. I don't want you to play anymore. I'm worried about your health. I, I I want you to. I want the rest of our life together for you to be healthy and and fully functioning physically and mentally. And, and he I want you to be for the rest of their life together. The next three months. <laughs> the next three months, he was okay. Yeah. See, so she got what but, she but wanted. It, but also, yeah, he if he wasn't reading the reading the tea leaves if he wasn't paying attention that's also on him too mm-hmm. but i understand what you're saying i i don't but, disagree if she gave him the the go ahead then she shouldn't it can't shouldn't end a divorce should mm-hmm. end in look this is it okay don't play anymore yeah you're done this at, is your last season if you want to keep playing then then our relationship is i'm over. just saying at some level there should be no i gotta read the tea leaves of this relationship because i don't she, really she didn't know make it pretty clear she didn't want I know, to play but i'm just saying that if she was at any level vague, then it's not entirely Tom's fault. But haven't you ever, with somebody, go do what you want to do? Just go do what you want to do, and you yeah, don't. Really, but and I you can't don't re- get mad at and you. Don't, and you don't, and you don't really feel that way. You don't. That's not how you feel, right? You've made it fairly clear to them how you feel and what you would prefer they do. So but you can't really get mad at them then. Once you, if you say yeah. whatever you're going to do, and they do it, then that's your fault. Both parties play a role in this. How about that? Yeah. Let's let's go with that. Uh, Larry from Clifton. This is about the Kendrick Perkins comment about Nikola Jokic maybe winning a third MVP. How the how white NBA voters are racist because Jokic could win a third MVP. Mm-hmm. Larry from Clifton. People these use racial profiling more these days than when we were all growing up to make news. I think that's it's fair to to comment on in the past how how black athletes the challenges that they faced through the course of history. Yes, and there was r- r- obviously extreme racial prejudice. So many Negro League players should have had the opportunity sooner to play professional baseball. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have taken Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby to 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 knock down that door. You know, in, in the late '40s, for that to happen, it should have happened sooner. It didn't, and black athletes have faced a lot of prejudice over the course of time. Yes, and I, and I and I get that, and I understand that, and it's it's an awful thing, and and, and I'm glad we're we're better than that now. We're not mm-hmm. we're not perfect, but we're better as a society than we used to be. But there's also one of those things that now. Now, especially 2023, there's a gazillion channels and outlets and 24-hour this to where in order to carve out a niche for yourself, you have to be overly provocative. 
Inflammatory. Right. Inflammatory and outlandish to where 30 years ago, it was ESPN. And at 8 in the morning, they were still showing last night's Center. That's not the way the sports media works anymore. And so you've got to say something that, that sparks controversy. Mm-hmm. And with Kendrick Perkins saying that, the white NBA voters are racist because they're voting... Once again, they're gonna they're gonna vote for Nikola Jokic to be the MVP is is ridiculous. The facts that he's rolled out don't match up with what the reality is in regard to the the the, the white players that he mentioned: Nash, Nowitzki, Jokic, finished outside the top ten in scoring, all MVPs because Magic did it, others did it. They finished outside the top 10 in scoring in, in the NBA and still won MVPs. It's Kendrick Perkins, whether, and he might say, you know, now until the cows come home, that, that he truly believes that. Mm-hmm. We can truly believe it all he wants. It's wrong. Yeah. It's an incorrect narrative. And for him to, to use race on this, come on. Right. Come on, Kendrick Perkins. Come on. All right. Texture calls 970-242-1340. From Dylan this morning, want to whine about ESPN and first take. Kendrick Perkins' comments are so childish. And last week, Stephen A. and Molly, uh, the Molly gal said hockey and the Rangers don't count. Last time I checked, they're in the, they're in our, one of our, they're in the four major sports. They uh, dogged on hockey when there's hockey games on ESPN. Ridiculous. Okay, Stephen A., you don't like hockey. Maybe I agree. How about, we comment on products we carry. Mm-hmm. We try to support, but if like the Rockies aren't very good, the Rockies right, but it doesn't mean we don't want them to do well. And we and we, you and I love baseball. We love the sport, mm-hmm. and we love the Rockies. We want the Rockies to do well. Right. There's also a difference between us kind of needling the altitude TV people about Nikola Jokic and the highest paid person, not named Troy Aikman or Joe Buck, on ESPN dogging their fourth most, maybe fifth most popular product after the NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball. So it's a little bit different (laughs) there too. ESPN can essentially, or Stephen A can essentially say whatever he wants to say within the guidelines of FCC regulation. Exactly. And nobody can do anything about it. Yeah, from a company standpoint, you're going, come on, man, we we just picked up the NHL. Let's let's back off of the NHL, okay? Maybe you don't like it, but... Mm. They may tell J.J. Redick that. They're probably, probably not telling Stephen A. No. Smith that. No, I doubt they're probably telling that yeah. guy that. Though they should. They should, but they're not. I, I just, with Stephen A. Smith, I've just never seen a more overhyped dude than Stephen A. Smith. I remember very early on in my tenure here, we had Fox Sports Radio. And he I was believe. on Fox Sports. He had a Saturday morning radio show, and it was great because... He kind of, at the time, strictly focused on basketball. And he wasn't this overhyped, you know, just manufactured argument guy. He was still a basketball reporter, right? And it was a very good show. I remember listening to it coming into work every Saturday morning, like 7 o'clock. It was great. And now where he's at is just kind of unfortunate to see because underneath all of this was an incredible basketball reporter. Absolutely, just has gotten buried. No, he's just a idiotic blowhard. Mm-hmm. Just gets sick of his garbage. 
I'm sorry, I just get tired of Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, Stephen A. And you know, uh, Skip was the same way. Skip, Skip had good, a, his own radio show. He filled in for Jim Rome. Good, lots and good, lots of times. good reporter down in Dallas. Good reporter, Dallas Bay Area, kind of bounced around a little bit. Yep. But buried underneath all this crap is what was a very good. It could be a a very well respected member of the sports media that chooses not to be. Absolutely. Let's quickly get into four down territory. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, first down. Remember when Draymond Green and Jordan Poole uh, had their little their little moment? Oh yeah, they punched one, punched the That'd other. Be Draymond punching Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently that relationship hasn't gotten a whole lot better because Shocking. last night uh, Draymond Green got so mad at Poole last night when they're playing Oklahoma City. He just stopped playing last night. <laughs> that sounds like Draymond. Second down, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has written a letter to President Joe Biden on behalf of the world's number one um, men's tennis player, Novak Djokovic. DeSantis followed the lead of uh, Florida Senators Rick Scott and Marco, Marco Rubio and ran to the federal government to allow Djokovic into the country so he can compete in this month's Miami Open. Remember, Djokovic is not vaccinated for covid Look, remember he couldn't, uh, they wouldn't let him in Australia, right? Mm-hmm. Couldn't play in the Australian Open. This is a, this is one where I'm going to go, yeah, okay, they're right about that. We're this we're the stage now where we need to re-examine the, the vaccine mandates for people from out of the country. I think we've reached the point where we've, we just, we need to stop requiring that anymore. Not that I'm a... I don't like the way Novak Djokovic handled things. Not not a fan of of how he approached yeah. things. But now we're in a different stage of this whole thing. I, I'm not running a parade for any of these three guys. Well, really. well no, I'm I'm not either. This is kind of like, but even oh, man. even with people that I don't don't Which agree side with. Do I land on? Even with people I don't agree with, I agree with them on this one. Just, he should be allowed to come into the country and play. Let's, shouldn't I like we, a, see, we just need to we need to stop the mandate stuff on this? Shouldn't like a Czech or a Slovak governor, wherever Novak's from, shouldn't they be in, more in charge of that? I guess I don't. Know. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying that yeah. I agree with them on the premise that it's it's time to drop that federal mandate and not just for him, but mm-hmm. just in general. Yeah. Uh, third down, actually, both third and fourth down are some honorary type uh, situations. Uh, third down. Former Central Warrior, current CMU Maverick, Maya Arrieta, National NFCA Louisville Slugger Division II Player of the Week. Well done. For softball. Congratulations to her. Fourth down. Uh, I know we used to get a lot of grief from our buddy Buffalo Mark, our late friend, about Milan Hayduke getting his number retired by the ass. Now it's going to water down the legacy of the franchise, which only has five numbers up there. Paul Powell? Paul with no L. Gasol had his number 16 retired last night by the Los Angeles Lakers. Does Paul Gasol belong up there with Kareem? No. Wilt? No. Kobe? No. Magic? West. Jerry West. Jerry West? No. No, no. Like, he was very... He only played seven seasons. He was was good, but... Didn't Robert Horry play for the Lakers, too, at one point? Yeah. Big Shot Bob? (laughs) Big Shot Bob. Why is it Big Shot Bob up there, then? 17 and 10. Paul Gasol averaged 
in 429 no, no, games. No, 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 no. All right, that's yeah. four down territory. Nope. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Abs Radio Voice Connor McGee. He joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. Stay by the radio. You are listening to the Jim Davis Show on the Team 101 FM 1340 AM Grand Junction. Talking Avalanche hockey with the voice of the Avs, Connor McGahey, on the team. All right, you heard his call last night on the team. The Avalanche throttling San Jose last night at Ball Arena 6 nothing. Connor McGahey joins us. Connor, good morning, sir. How are you? You know, it's one of those nights where I don't have much of a voice left, and those are my favorite after, uh, after Avalanche wins. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a good night when uh, the, the pipes are a little, a little sore the next day after so many uh, uh Goal scoring calls last night, uh, six nothing win for the Avalanche, Connor, and we saw something happen last night that we've never seen happen with Nathan McKinnon and uh, Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen, and that's all three of them scored in the same period, getting the Avalanche out to that quick three nothing lead last night. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. Um, and Kale McCarr, a four point night career high for him. Valeri Nichushkin, four point night. He hasn't done that. Uh, since his rookie season of 2013, Valeri Nichushkin had, had a funny quote. He said, wait, the last time I did that was 10 years ago? Well, it'll probably be another 10 years before I have my next four-point night. Um, <laughs> but for Kale McCarr, that's now his 58th career multi-point game already, which is uh, he's passed Tyson Berry for second all-time to Sandus Ozilinch, uh, who has 63 of those, and, uh, and, and that will be uh, – that will be crushed by Kale McCarr at some point. Um, but that's the exact type of game and result that the Avalanche uh, frankly needed out of that whole situation because Winnipeg, excuse me, the San Jose Sharks were in Winnipeg, so they're on the second half of a back-to-back. This is the first time the Avalanche have played a team on the second half of a back-to-back since December 1st when they played the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Um, but they needed a, a quick start, and they needed a – really a full game, and that was the perfect opportunity to do uh, just that. And, uh, yeah, last night was just what the doctor ordered. Exactly. And also, the, the kind of effort and kind of outcome you expect against a team, like you said, playing a back-to-back, a, a team that also in the Sharks, one of the worst teams in the league with a 391 yeah. point percentage right now, that that's exactly what you should do against a team like the Sharks. Yeah, and, you know, any team that's in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes – um, you know, you should, you should beat. And Colorado, for whatever reason, uh, has maybe struggled against those teams over the past couple of years. And, and that's easy to do. And it, it's easy to not get up for the, uh, the teams that you, are, that you know are out of it. But Colorado has to know because they do have the easiest schedule down the stretch here because they play San Jose two more times. They play Arizona uh, three more times. They play the Ducks two more times. And those are... Um, three of the worst teams in uh, in the National Hockey League. You got 20 games remaining. Twelve of those are versus teams in non-playoff spots. Eight eight games are versus playoff teams. So you have to know that those are all points that you absolutely have to collect, uh, especially on home ice, where you you know in, in the modern day NHL pretty much have been a 500 hockey team. So um, that was big for for a myriad uh, of reasons last night. And I, I literally just read before I came on, Eric Carlson, uh, it was a missed high stick on Alex Newhook, um, and that happens. But Carlson, angry, he gets the two-minute unsportsmanlike conduct for San Jose. Then he tosses his helmet to get the 10-minute misconduct. Eric Carlson had never had a 10-minute misconduct before in his 14-year NHL career. 
12 penalty minutes is the most that he's ever gotten in an NHL game. And uh, so everyone got to see that little piece of history last night as well. Connor McGahey, radio voice of the Avalanche, joining us today on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. As I mentioned, the Avalanche snapped a three-game losing streak with the win last night. Uh, it's, it's just been a struggle lately for the Avalanche in, in terms of how they play defensively. Obviously, last night was a, a great night. They uh, the only uh, like uh, Georgie only had to face they only had to make thirteen saves last night to get the shutout. But uh, but kind of take us through what's been going on with this team defensively because you know going back to the Dallas game that's been a problem for this team. Yeah, and you know just a little bit of a lull because I mean before this little stretch, I mean you're talking about a team winning fourteen of sixteen. Um, when your defensive habits were much better. And sometimes when you go through a tough stretch and the avalanche with – and, and you, it's not an excuse, but it is a reason. Um, it, it's easy to get a little bit fatigued mentally, physically, uh, when you've had the back-to-back scenario three in a row for the avalanche over the past couple weeks. Um, you keep getting injury news on a daily basis. You know, whether it's Nachushkin not playing because he was ill, whether it was, you know, Josh Manson being out, uh, you know, you, you haven't had any consistency. And so there's, at that point, it, there's so many factors that go into you not focusing on how you should play. Now, I do think they got that out of their system. I think the message from Jared Bednar was pretty loud and clear uh, over the past couple of days. And it's funny because most of the time, his messaging is private and, you know, lets the team sort of sort it out. But once in a while, he'll play the card where he sort of goes public with his criticism. And that happened after the Seattle loss. Um, it happened after the, the Dallas loss. It happened on his uh, weekly morning show on our flagship station here in Denver. And uh, I think it worked. The team responded and they knew that their habits defensively uh, had sort of gone to the wayside, and that is the key to their success. And it was much better last night, much better energy, much better focus. And uh, I think they know that, uh, speaking to Devon Taves at the intermission, they know that that's what needs to happen every night uh, in the 20 games that remain. Habs hey, Radio Voice, Connor McGahey with us on the team today. Dennis Maligan with a goal last night. His fifth goal in 11 games. And he had two goals in his first 35 before this recent stretch. He has provided a, a nice offensive lift for this team. As part of the reason why he was acquired, too. I mean, uh, he was traded one for one for Dryden Hunt to Toronto, uh, who then traded Hunt to Calgary at the trade deadline. Um, but, yeah, the, the reason that they went out to, to get Dennis Malkin was because he was affordable, but he added some offensive punch down the lineup. And, you know, he's played third-line minutes. He's played fourth-line minutes. Um, got some power play time last night. Uh, as we've seen, he's great off the rush. That's where a lot of his goals come from. And uh, now the second time in a couple weeks where he scored on back-to-back nights. And uh, he's got a great release, good hands on the puck, and he can stick handle around most defensemen in the National Hockey League. So you look at him, he's not a big guy by any stretch of the imagination, but he has that skill, and the skill has started to shine through. Uh, and it really, he's had a couple different sets of line mates, and and uh, he's realized that I think the Avalanche's style of play really suits him. So uh, he's been enjoying his newest home is, uh, here in Colorado. 
Well, I'm just so glad last night the Avalanche could win with that horrible, pathetic Kale McCarr on the ice. That, uh, yeah, isn't, he, isn't he's, he the worst? Cause he, because, I mean, he's been the reason why they've been losing. <laughs> you know, I mean, you ask Kale that. You know, like, oh, what a jabroni. I mean, what, what, a, what a terrible, terrible hockey player that guy is. I can't believe, I can't believe he's you know, played for the Stanley Cup champion Avalanche. I, I just thought it was interesting yeah. how, he, how he's trying. I know it's great that he's trying to be a leader. Buckeye and I, we had an initial little debate about this earlier in the week. Uh, about that, and I just, I just think it's Kale McCarr trying to show. Look, I, I need to step up. I need to play better. I'm going to try to be a leader here by, by also saying, look, I, I'm holding myself accountable. Uh, that was really cool what Kale did. I agree, and that's, but that's not fake. I mean, that's Kale McCarr right there. You know, that's, that's how he is, and that's how he views himself. And, um, you know, everyone has their different motivation tactics and. And uh, but I joked the other day that that uh, Kale McCarr went to the Connor McGahey School of Self-Deprecation and uh, and graduated with, with honors. <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah, it's just everyone obviously kind of chuckles like, oh yeah, you know, you're you're Calder, you're Norris, you're Con Smythe, and you're Stanley Cup. Yeah, you're a hundred percent the problem. And, yeah, uh, with a smile, of course. But yeah, obviously he bounces back last night and. You know, I said after the Dallas game that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what level of talent you're at. It takes some time to acclimate once you've missed some time. And in if if that time is a game and a half for Kale McCarr, which it appeared to be, I mean, that's not very long at all. Um, but last night he, he was back to being the, the Kale McCarr that we've been used to and uh, moved up some, some franchise lists in the process. But... Give me a humble leader every single day of the week. Um, that That is the style that I like, and frankly, I think it's the style that, that fits the avalanche. I totally agree with that, Connor. Hey, Connor, always appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, a little hot tea lemon. You know, you, you know you've, got, you've got your drill down. You've got, you got what you probably do, right, to get that voice back. So, uh, room, room temperature water is all I need. That's there we go. Room temperature water. It's good for what ails Connor McGay. He's... Uh, Weary voice. Hey, Connor, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. You bet, Jimmy. See ya. All right, take care. There he goes. Connor McGahee, radio voice of the Avalanche. With a uh, very busy night last night, a 6 nothing win for Colorado over San Jose. All right, we'll take a break. And uh, coming up, we'll talk with the voice of the CSU Rams, Brian Roth. Also, National Women's Wrestling Champion for the Colorado Mesa Mavericks, Marissa Gallegos, will join us coming up next hour as well. It's a Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Get it off your chest with us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Call or text 970-242-1340.